Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Rapperless. I always considered myself an Atari person. I love my Atari 2600, and I've talked about it on the site and in my podcast several times, but I had a near brush with ColecoVision that could have completely changed my future. It was the early 80s, and my family was going to the Willowbrook Mall, which was our mall of choice at the time. Happily, this mall still exists, although it has been modified greatly over the years, and if you're ever in Wayne, New Jersey, I suggest you drop on by. Willowbrook had two arcades, which I loved, and it also had a restaurant we used to like to eat at called KCO Tools. We pulled into the parking lot, and everyone was getting out of the car, getting ready to go into the mall, when I spotted a bag left up against a tree in the parking lot. It was a Sears bag. I went over to it, and inside was a ColecoVision. Completely left there, had no receipt, had no information. I freaked out. My mother, being the good citizen she is, suggested that we bring the console inside the mall and try to find out who the rightful owner was. We tried Sears. Sears had offered to hold it and see if anyone came to claim it, but my mother smartly thought the person would actually go to the mall security to see if anybody had turned it in. So we went looking and found mall security. We turned it in. Now, I was guessing that no owner would ever show up, and in my head I thought, well, are they going to really try to contact me to give this to me now that I turned it in? I thought, if nobody else claims it, shouldn't I get it? That doesn't make much sense to my adult sensibilities. I mean, this never belonged to me. But the security guard who was running the security office at the time, seemed to say it the same way. He said, well, we'll hold it to the end of the day. No one claims it. You could bring it home. That was amazing and awesome to me, and I did not want to leave. The day was, you know, halfway over, and my family had a long day of shopping ahead of them. So my mother said, well, we'll go do some shopping, and then we'll come back. I, of course, wouldn't hear it. I said, no, I'll hang out here and wait to see if anybody comes and gets it. You get to see all sorts of interesting things when you're in mall security. They had a whole bunch of people come in who were disgruntled about kids doing this or that. A lot of senior citizens complaining about that. There were two shoplifters brought in. There were lots of people looking for their children. Mall security's busy. But I sat there on a chair next to this counter, looking like just another lost child, and just patiently waited. My family was out there doing their shopping. The mall closed at 9. My family decided that they would stay till the very end to see if I could get my ColecoVision. And by decided, I should say that they came to pick me up at 8 and I whined and cried until they decided, okay, we'll wait the extra hour until the mall closes. At 8.30, a very harried woman came into the office, and the first word out of her mouth was ColecoVision. She said it something like, ColecoVision, breathlessly. Have you seen my ColecoVision? I was crushed right then. And the security guard looked a little upset. We had been kind of chatting. He was a nice older fella. And I think he was looking forward to me getting some sort of interesting treat. I don't know if he understood what a ColecoVision was. But he said, yes, this young boy found it and turned it in. Motioned toward me, I guess, trying to build me up a little in the 
esteem of the woman, the woman did not even look at me. She just seemed very relieved, which was completely understandable. He handed her the ColecoVision, no questions asked. I guess it was a simpler time, and there was no real way to prove who the game system belonged to, so you had to take people at their word. I am pretty sure that would not happen today. The woman turned, didn't say a word to me, and walked out of the office. The security guard seemed a little down. We had kind of bonded a little during my time in the office. He gave me a sort of pat on the shoulder and said better luck next time. Then I sat there for the next half hour. My family showed up, my mother told me I did the right thing, and we went home. The next day, my mother took me out for Burger King as a reward for being such a good kid, and I think we might have gone to an ice cream parlor afterwards. I remember the whole time being in that office dreaming of that ColecoVision and thinking, wow, I will have two gaming consoles. No kid in my town had two gaming consoles, but it wasn't meant to be. I was meant to remain a pure Atarian right up until Nintendo came out. Sigh. On today's show, we're going to talk about the ColecoVision. We'll talk about the company that made it, Coleco, how they evolved into the company that made this successful gaming console. We'll talk about their missteps and their successes. We'll talk about the ColecoVision itself, and we'll talk about what happened to Coleco after ColecoVision. So without further ado, let's start the show. As you might have guessed, ColecoVision was made by the Coleco Company. Now, the Coleco Company was founded in 1932, and the name is a contraction of, get this, the Connecticut Leather Company. They were started to sell leather supplies to shoemakers. Eventually, in the 50s, when Davy Crockett and Westerns were really popular, they started making leather craft kits, things for kids. So you, too, could make your own fringe jacket or leather wallet. As time went on and leather just wasn't something that was selling as it once had, they decided to get into plastics and started manufacturing kiddie pools. And in 1962, they finally decided to get out of the leather business altogether and concentrate on their plastic division. The problem is that swimming pools are very seasonal. So in the summer and spring, they would sell like hotcakes, but the rest of the year, Coleco would suffer. So they decided to try a couple other things. They started making things like doll carriages, snowmobiles, things like that. The toys things like the doll carriage, those things started working out. But the snowmobile and dirt bike division did not play so well. And by the late 70s, Coleco was suffering. My first encounter with Coleco was when my father brought home a Coleco Telstar. The Coleco Telstar was a Pong ripoff, basically a standalone unit that you played by turning these two knobs on either side, moving the bars up and down and knocking the ball back and forth on the screen. Seems real simple, but to us this was like living in the Star Trek age in our house. We were glued to the Telstar. And when I say glued, that means we were like 8 inches from the television set. For some reason, the wire that ran from the television to the Telstar was long enough that we could pull the Telstar back, but our power supply was such that the Telstar had to be very close to the TV 
in order for us to play with it. But that did not stop us. We played that Telstar like you wouldn't believe, and it was one of the reasons that we were so jazzed about getting an Atari much later. So the Telstar is a good seller, but Coleco was having all sorts of other problems. Dock strikes and spending increases as they decided to ramp up to a new system. This system would be the ColecoVision. So you got to look at the gaming landscape in 1982. Atari is dominating. Everyone loves Atari. But Mattel had just released Intellivision. So Atari and Intellivision are trashing each other in commercials, in the media. It's either you're playing Intellivision or you're playing the 2600. Just ask George Plimpton, video game connoisseur and raconteur. I'll try almost anything. So when Mattel Electronics asked me to compare their Intellivision games with Atari, I gave it a try. I compared Atari baseball with Intellivision and found Intellivision played much more like real baseball. Then I compared Atari football with Intellivision. Again, Intellivision played more like the real game. In my opinion, if you try them both, there's only one conclusion you can come to. Intellivision from Mattel Electronics. So Atari and Mattel are at each other's throats. That gave Coleco a really good opportunity to sneak in with its self-named ColecoVision. ColecoVision first made an appearance in my hometown at the home of my friend Keith, who got it for Christmas the year it came out. Now, we went over there to play, and we were shocked by the quality of the graphics. ColecoVision really nailed ports of arcade classics, and the fact that they included Donkey Kong, which was the ultimate arcade game, really helped to catapult them to success. What's funny is that Coleco paid $250,000 for the rights to put Donkey Kong with its console, whereas Atari paid $21 million to license the rights to E.T. for a video game. So you got to ask yourself, who's got the smarter business people? Or maybe even wonder, does anyone at Atari ever really play video games or go to the arcade? We'll return after these messages. You are the player, and the arcade is the arena. You focus your mind and propel yourself into a universe where you're the master of your destiny for as long as you can keep the trip going. This is the arcade experience. We're ColecoVision. We bring the arcade experience home with games like Donkey Kong with multiple screens, arcade controls, and arcade graphics that let you have the arcade experience at home because your vision is our vision. ColecoVision. Now you can bring the arcade experience home. Introducing ColecoVision, the most advanced video game system you can buy. It plays more games than any other system. Arcade games with multiple screens like Donkey Kong. Arcade games like Zaxxon with its three-dimensional look. Adventure with 15 different screens. Cosmic Avenger and ColecoVision's new Smurf game. Coming soon, ColecoVision's first expansion module that lets you play all the Atari VCS compatible cartridges. Now you can bring the arcade experience home because your vision is our vision. ColecoVision. ColecoVision was an instant success, and it was raved about. So much so that, by the end of the first year, Coleco had sold out its complete inventory of one million systems, and would soon go on to higher sales than both Atari and Mattel. But in the meantime, they were sued by Universal Studios, who claimed that Donkey Kong was an infringement on King Kong, and they were also sued by Atari because of a great feature that they included in the system. They offered an adapter that let you play Atari 2600 games right on your ColecoVision. Now, you can understand maybe why Atari sued them, but Atari lost the lawsuit, which actually would clear the way for Coleco 
to make an Atari 2600 clone in the future, the Gemini. I'm not sure how that would work today with console games being played cross-platform. I imagine that if you could play Nintendo Wii games on your PlayStation, there would be a much longer, much more drawn-out lawsuit, and we would never see that particular adapter in today's gaming market. From a first-hand account, I can tell you that at first glance, this console was just amazing. But I hated the controller, much like the Atari 5200 controller. I found it very difficult to use. It was blocky and rectangular, like the Intellivision, and it had buttons on the side, and a strange sort of, you know, joystick that had a little disc on the end. The joystick itself was easy enough to use, but those buttons on the side were very difficult to use, and I found that over time, I would get strange aches in the upper side of my arm and in my thumb. They might not have gotten that joystick right, but they did release a steering wheel accessory that had a gas pedal, and that was just the bee's knees. That felt like having a fully built pole position game right in your own living room. And most of the time, when I was at Keith's house playing his ColecoVision, I would beg him to let us play the racing games. But he always wanted to play the Smurf game. Always with the Smurf game. Atari, up to this point, had been winning the game console wars against Intellivision, and they had been cooking up a new system called the Atari 5200, which I talk about in a earlier podcast. Now, the Atari 5200 had been targeted at Intellivision, but as soon as ColecoVision came out, the game changed, and they started to target the 5200 at ColecoVision players. Now, although the 5200 was technically a better system in many ways, it really couldn't compete with the great games that ColecoVision released. And despite the fact that I don't like either the 5200 controller or the ColecoVision controller, I find that the ColecoVision controller is at least dependable, and you can count on it to move left when you push left, and go up when you push up. Coleco took a smart approach to getting games on its system. They sought to license arcade games from companies that Atari had not bothered with. Whereas Atari had firm support from a company like Namco, Coleco went after companies that were smaller at the time, like Sega, Konami, and Universal. Now as I said, these were really good ports for a system of its time. So, whenever a new game was released, all the media at the time would talk about how perfect they looked on ColecoVision. Atari would release Donkey Kong. You compare it to ColecoVision's Donkey Kong, it was no contest. But even other games like Carnival, Ladybug, Mousetrap, Zaxxon, all of them looked much, much better on ColecoVision. One of my favorite games, Mr. Do, was released for ColecoVision. Now, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't exactly like the arcade. But it was scary good for the time, and gave me a glimpse of the future of gaming. This was a game I was very close to and understood, and seeing it rendered on my television set, or actually at my friend Keith's television set, gave me a glimpse of what I would be seeing in the future. ColecoVision released dozens of great games. Some of them were great arcade ports like Time Pilot and Frenzy, and others were originals, like the aforementioned Smurf game, which was Rescue in Gargamel's Castle. They also made a War Games game, which was one of the first nuclear missile games, and is sort of similar to the modern game DEFCON, where you're basically just shooting nuclear missiles at each other. It's kind of loosely based on the War Games movie, and more like the global thermonuclear war simulation from it. Now, they released all these games, but at the same time, they were very famous for their vaporware offerings. You just need to look at the back of the ColecoVision box to see that there were titles that never saw the light of day. Amongst them were Sidetrack and Ripcord, 
a horse racing game and Mr. Turtle, and one of my favorite vaporware stories, Tunnels and Trolls. Tunnels and Trolls is a simplified RPG in the same vein as Dungeons and Dragons, and in a catalog, Tunnels and Trolls with full art and seeming game shots was published, and when I saw it, my head just about exploded. I really wanted to play a very good RPG on a console, and it had been what I was waiting for. So I would actually check in from time to time to see if Tunnels and Trolls had been released, but it never happened. You can see the catalog and the entry on the website. I've posted it, just do a search on ColecoVision Catalog, and you should find it. So what's the deal with Tunnels and Trolls? From what I understand, this game was never created, never released, and from what I hear, there was never an actual prototype ever developed. Those graphics in the catalog were in fact mock-ups of the game. If they had released Tunnels and Trolls on the ColecoVision, I might have given up my Atari just to play it. ColecoVision climbed quickly to the top of the video game world, but an event was on the horizon that would spell doom for almost all the video game consoles of the time. The great video game crash. What I find amazing is that even though the video game market had been drying up, ColecoVisions continued to sell very well up until 1984 when they stopped production. They had sold 6 million ColecoVision systems in just three years. I think that if the crash had not happened, if there wasn't such a heavy saturation of games out there, and people just weren't tired of gaming, ColecoVision would have gone on to be the console of choice especially if they had decided to come out with a next-generation system, preferably one that had the super adapter that allowed you to play games from Intellivision, Atari, and maybe any other system that would have came out at the time. But Coleco might have been able to weather the video game crash and come back with a new system, but they made a costly miscalculation that would spell doom for their electronics division. Sensing the handwriting on the wall, Coleco decided to add some legitimacy to its game system, by releasing a home computer based on some of the technology in the ColecoVision. It was called the Atom. While Atari keeps trying to sell you new systems, like the 5200, with ColecoVision you only need one system, because ColecoVision expands to give you a Super Action controller set with Super Action Baseball, a driving module with Turbo, and only ColecoVision plugs into the Atom module to become the complete Atom computer system. Plus, you get $150 in vacation savings certificates. $150, good for any vacation package, if you buy ColecoVision now. Sorry, Atari. Adam was very famous for its time. It had a big marketing blitz and was a very expensive system. But it came with everything. It had a tape recorder, printer, keyboard. You also hooked it up to your ColecoVision so you could play ColecoVision games. Plus it had the promise of other games to come on cassette as well as the cartridges. Unfortunately, the system was just a mess. People would get their Adam, bring it home, set it up, and it wouldn't work. They would instantly have to send it back to Coleco to get it repaired or even replaced. Coleco lost over $80 million on the Atom and almost bankrupted itself. The Atom was the swan song for gaming from ColecoVision, and they sold off the rights to ColecoVision and the Atom to other companies. But this is not the end of the storied Coleco company. They must have like, horseshoes on every wall in that place because they had another hit that would sweep America very quickly. And unfortunately, they would mishandle that success. What is that success? When you open your arms to a cabbage patch kid, 
Your heart opens wide and lets the love come in. Everyone is special and has so much to give. Come and open your arms to a Cabbage Patch Kid. Cabbage Patch Kids. Each one's unique. Each sold separately by Coleco. That's right. In 1982, Coleco released the Cabbage Patch Doll. And around the time of the video game collapse, the Cabbage Patch Doll was huge. There were shortages. People were going crazy for them. It was all over the news. There were lines out the door at Toys R Us. Coleco bumbled through their release of the Cabbage Patch Doll, which is okay because they still ended up selling $600 million worth of Cabbage Patch Doll in 1985. I still have mine, in fact. When they saw how successful they are, Coleco thought, well, we should expand the line and work this into a huge business, which probably was short-sighted because I think anyone could have told you that the Cabbage Patch craze was just that, a craze. And by 1986, sales of Cabbage Patch dolls had dropped dramatically, less than half to $250 million. And with all their expansions, Coleco had lost $111 million on the dolls. So almost negating what they had gained in profits from the 85 frenzy. In 1987, they lost another $105 million. By 1988, Coleco filed for bankruptcy. They planned to stay in business after getting rid of the Cabbage Patch doll by concentrating on two of their core businesses. They were the distributor of Scrabble and Parcheesi, which are two of the most popular board games. But in June of 1989, Hasbro bought the company, and the storied Coleco and its child ColecoVision fell into the ash can of history. Ironically, Mattel, who made the Intellivision, was briefly the manufacturer of the Cabbage Patch doll. It's an incestuous little world of manufacturers out there. Even though ColecoVision ceased to be manufactured in 1984, a company called Telegames, which is a British company, bought the rights and most of the ColecoVision stock from Coleco and started selling and manufacturing its own games for ColecoVision. And eventually they created a ColecoVision clone, which was called the Telegames Personal Arcade that they sold for a while. The Personal Arcade was smaller than the ColecoVision, and it had a joypad, which I really like a lot more instead of the ColecoVision stick. The pad didn't have the numeric keypad, it's much smaller, almost like a NES controller. The keypad itself is located on the console, so if you have a two-player game that required the console, you cannot play it. Unfortunately, the configuration of the Telegames Personal Arcade precluded you from using the expansion ports that Coleco had created. Telegames does not seem to release anything for ColecoVision anymore, but another company, eColeco, which can be found at eColeco.com, acquired a good amount of ColecoVision and Atom inventory and are still selling it today. It's really neat to see reconditioned and what they consider new in-box consoles, peripherals, and games still for sale at a website. Does this retro gamer's heart some good? How do we measure energy? In foot-pounds, foot-pounds. How do we know when it gets to be? Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash retroist. Want to chat? Why not send me an instant message? My AOL instant messenger handle is retroist. Thanks to Metagirl and her top five list. If you have an idea for the top five list, email it to metagirl at metagirl at retroist.com. If you have an idea for the podcast, email it to me at retroist at retroist.com. Do you like horror and the haunt industry? Drop by the premier haunt and horror podcast on the web at rottingfleshradio.com. Thanks to everyone for listening, and I hope you have a great weekend.
Sorry, Atari. Oh, that's rich. This has been a Retro's production. Goodbye.